0: express employment professionals makes it easy forget about posting jobs sifting through resumes being ghosted and interviewing unqualified applicants visit expresspros.com to let the pros help you express employment professionals is your full service workforce solution connecting you with top talent fast with more than 40 years in the staffing business express helps thousands of companies Find great team players each year, and they can help you too. Go to expresspros.com to find the location near you. Dealing with mess can feel like an impossible task. It just keeps coming back. Well, today, we're brought to you by the organization experts, IKEA. IKEA knows that we all have those areas in our homes consumed by mess, whether it be the chair that collects all your clothes or the monstrous pile under your bed, that's why IKEA makes affordable wardrobe organizers, underbed storage, and other solutions that help you easily take back that chair and conquer the mess monster under your bed. Visit IKEA to explore more. You can't afford a mess, so IKEA makes storage affordable. I've been telling you about Tacova's boots for a very long time. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Takova's. But now they also have a gift for my listeners. Tacovas will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of $100 at tacovas.com. Just use code BONES at checkout. That's B O N E S at tacovas.com. And that's dot S.com. Come and point your toes west.
1: little fool for, for your soul. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful. Laugh a little more, a little things. more tighten tighten, things. Tighten up your core, tighten, things. Your core. Said EK. EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown.
0: Happy Thursday! I have a special guest today coming to us from the Bobby Bone Show. Executive producer, Scuba Steve.
2: Hello, I'm a special guest. What, yes. do I, what are other guests usually called?
0: Well, I mean, you're special because I, well, <laughs> I guess you're not you're not you. that special because I work with you every day, but it's special because it's not often that someone from the show comes over to it's the very podcast. True. So how would you define your role on the Bobby Bone Show? Like what is your day-to-day? Like quickly just summarize so yeah. people know, like what, what do you do on the show?
2: So title is executive producer and it kind of has a different role and depending on the day. I mean one of the biggest things is emails upon emails upon emails upon emails upon emails. But and managing handling, what?
1: Like, managing
2: the show and managing the show's brand and the show, how we sell the show and how we make money off the show or make money for the show. Yeah. So all those so and then events and things that we do within the show and helping with the content of the show and the guests, booking and finding like the guests of the country music people, but also random people and people in Hollywood are just, hey, I want to talk to this person I saw in a news story. So a lot of research as well and finding people and connections and then really and then just managing the show as a whole. So anything that goes that comes, it comes at me, it could be a sales request or a sales issue or an internal problem within the show or something like that. I don't know. How it,
0: often do you have to deal with internal problems with the show? Uh,
2: <laughs> Every single what would day. would they call that, no, like a,
0: a football reference, like you're like a – you intercept – well, I don't know. Why 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 I just decided to throw in a football reference. Maybe because the guys are next door I can literally you can hear, hear them, them
2: talking about sports
0: recording sword losers. So I was like, Oh, hm, what's sports. the analogy here for football? Like well, Bobby's you, called me his you fullback. Play, you play, yes, fullback.
2: Blocking stuff mm-hmm, yeah. and making sure that he looks good. Exactly. So there's all kinds of things that come that will come his way or won't come his way because I blocked it and removed it from his life. Yeah,
0: I feel like you do that for a lot of us.
2: Yeah, I'm like you... the Frankie, I'm the mobster. I, I hide the dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> with a cool time face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless,
0: and then we know if it gets to us and we need to know, then it's like, okay, this must be really bad.
2: Yeah. Or it, good. Or good. Yeah, a lot of good things too. A lot of great things happen with the show. It's been. Fun to present, but it's a really fun job because it because I can't really describe it because it is different every every single day. It, it, there are some things that are minutiae you you have to constantly do that are just part of your day to day. But it's fun because there's so many new things that come at me and presents new challenges. Like when I first moved here, I moved here, and then three months later, the world shut down. We hit a pandemic. And we've never experienced a pandemic in our lifetime. So presenting new challenges of how do we move the show forward in a digital space and and everyone in different locations and the, the tech behind that and and coming up with new solutions and all that kind of stuff. It's just for me, it's fun because it's always something different and there's new challenges. Oh, and there's different times where I'm like, ah, really? But I still know that once I get it out, then I have to then go, OK, now how can I fix this solution? Or how can I make this a solution? I know that this sucks and there's nothing I can do about it. And that's kind of you have to have the mindset of that just in life in general, knowing that things are going to be thrown at you and you just got to kind of be fluid and roll with it.
0: So some might say that you took a step backwards, like being that you came from (laughs) Ryan Seacrest. That was literally your job before you came to work for the Bobby Bone Show and you were living in California. Yeah, Los Angeles. Yeah, And so and even before you worked with Ryan, you've mentioned that you worked on Dr. Phil's show. I mean, different roles. It's not yeah. like, I'm not saying the position you left was like, so high, so crazy. Why would you leave that? But what has been your goal when it comes to this entertainment world space? Did you want to lean more towards TV or what was it like working for someone like Dr. Phil or being in that space and then moving yeah. over to radio? And then are you living your dream or are you not there yet?
2: Uh, so the, yeah, a lot of answers for you that I have then. So the first thing I would say would be to answer the, the taking a step back. I would say that it's not a step back for me. It may look like it on paper, like, wow, well, you're going to go from Ryan Seacrest to Bobby Bones, who's still Bobby Bones, but if you're looking at it, I mean, Ryan's almost a billionaire. Um, like, he's created all these, like, Bobby's created things, but this guy's created the Kardashians. He's been involved in a lot of different things in American Idol from the start, and all these, like, it would look on paper, like, wow, you're leaving Ryan Seacrest. But for me, where I got at my position within that show it had pretty much reached where it could like as far as it could go the next step over wasn't available somebody was in that position and it wasn't the time for that person to move on for me to take that role so i was like well i'm at a spot this is great i can continue to ride this train until the wheels fall off because ryan could be doing this for god knows how much longer you know he does radio and he's good at it or can i challenge myself to the next thing and i want again going back to what we mentioned earlier challenges i want challenges in my life. And so moving somewhere new, it wasn't a a foreign concept to me. I had moved from Orlando to San Francisco to Los Angeles and now looking at Nashville, which is where we are now. So I was like, I wanted a new challenge. Uh, Also, how can I better my family's life? Because now it's not just me. I can't be selfish and think about what is best for me, what's gonna be best for my family as a whole, my kids growing up, my wife, those kinds of things. So I was okay. Nashville checks that box as far as more space. It's a little bit cheaper to live. It's, it seems more family. Conducive for families versus Los Angeles unless you're worth, you know, 50 million dollars, which I wasn't and I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I need to look at how could I better my family on a personal level and for me professionally and I wanted to grow and this this show had an opportunity to come in uh, and help and grow with it and make it even bigger than what it already was. So I was like, okay, this is a cool opportunity. So let me let me explore this landscape. And it seemed to check the boxes that I wanted, and so for me, it was a step forward in my career, um not looking at names or shows or locations within the country. it was a It was a challenge for me that I had I won't say too much of what I needed to do, but it uh, it was a challenge for me that I hadn't had yet, and I wanted to to, uh, to jump into. so I, I took it. and here I am.
0: Here you are. How many years yeah. have you been with us now?
2: Uh, this would be um into my second year. So I started November eleventh, twenty nineteen. Yeah, so yeah,
0: a few months before yeah, yeah. <laughs> the world completely shut down. Didn't know that was coming. And yeah. you handled that well. I mean, I think you came just at the right time. Yeah. So that we could have that structure. Yeah, I meet
2: you guys for a second, mm-hmm. kind of figure you guys out. And then like, okay, now how can we make this work, knowing how the show sort of functions to a certain degree.
0: Yeah. And then what about, why did you ever even work for Dr. Phil's show? Like, did you think about going into TV or is radio where you saw yourself? Oh,
2: I've always wanted to be in television. Since I was a little kid watching uh, Nickelodeon, like Double Dare, and people getting slimed and knowing that, that that is created somewhere near my home, I just, I could felt the energy of always gravitating towards Hollywood. I didn't know what exactly what it was that I wanted growing up. I just knew I wanted to be involved in television. Um, Not so much uh, as a face of it, but I was really fascinated with how everything was made and created and the steps to get to what you see on television. I was like, wow, it'd be so cool to be able to be a part of that process to make something that lives forever. You know, like some of those shows that were made on Nickelodeon, like they're being rebooted and they're being brought back out now again or talked about, like to be a part of something like that I think it would be really cool to have your stamp in history, whether it be music or whatever. You basically created something that has made an impact forever. And I feel like that would be so cool to be able to be a part of that. So I was like, I want to be in Hollywood. And ever since I was like five or six, I remember I'm going to Hollywood. My screen name on AOL was Stephen Hollywood. My email was Stephen Hollywood.
0: Are you into manifesting things in that way? Because Dirk's Bentley's even talked about that before. He wanted a specific type of airplane because yeah. he's he's a pilot. He flies something he learned just for fun. He's not like a pilot for, yeah.
1: you, <laughs> for Southwest,
2: Southwest. <laughs> or hey, anything.
0: But it's something that you know. Once he had enough money, he's like, "Oh, that would be amazing if I had that." But before he had the money, I think uh-huh. he said he made. I think he told Bobby this on the Bobbycast or something. He made his password the type of plane he wanted. Oh, really? Okay. And so that was his way of daily having to enter that password and manifesting that. Top of mind, And then yeah. he eventually was able to get that plane.
2: That's pretty dang cool.
0: Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, do you feel like that's what you were doing with Yes, your- I
2: think looking at it in retrospect, I, I think I've done it many times in my life. And another one would be to answer one of your next questions was what I want to do in radio as far as where did I see myself? But manifesting, yes. Stephen Hollywood, like you said, it's my screen name. It was my email. So I typed it, I saw it, and then I moved to Hollywood. And I remember that moment going to L.A. Well, first when I moved to San Francisco, you go to L.A. every once in a while for like work conventions, you know, the Grammys, things like that. And when I would go to L.A., I was like, "Wow, one day I'm gonna drive in these streets." And I just would constantly picture that. And then I would, then it would bring me back to Stephen Hollywood. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I'm one more step closer to L.A." And then once I got to a point where I had kind of got to a spot in San Francisco where I couldn't climb any further. I was like, I should just go for for L.A. My wife and I remember I remember the moment we we're sitting in our kitchen in San Francisco and she's like, you're not happy anymore. You've accomplished all you can accomplish. Just screw. It. Let's go to L.A. And I was like, what? We hadn't had we had no kids. So nothing really tied us down to the bay except for her family. She said, yeah, just quit your job and, and let's go. I'll, I'll support you and follow you. And I was like, really? You'll so like, yeah. I'll stay in San Francisco because I have to keep my job and pay for things. But you go to L.A. and you pursue. You do whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do in L.A. You just go there and you do it. And I was like, wow, to have that kind of support and for someone to tell me that, you know, I can go to LA and do it, And I was like, oh my gosh. So to answer your question, the manifestation came true for that. Um, and then one of the other things I manifested when I first got in the radio was I always want to be part of the biggest show, the the most I'm getting emotional, the biggest show, the most powerful known syndicated show in the history. And what I always thought was Howard Stern. I was like, I want to I want to be on a show like that. That it's just a, it's it's the biggest show ever. And I said that from the day when I got in the radio and then I got on Ryan Seacrest show when I moved to LA and then now Bobby Bones show, which is another really big, huge, powerful show. So yes, long story short, I do believe in manifesting because it's happened to me now three times. in just this conversation, I could think of probably 50 more, but I feel like if you, if you speak it, if you believe it, if you think about it, if you want it, You'll obtain it somehow. Somehow it'll come and it'll f- not fall into your lap, but, but things along the way will build. There's a lot
0: of hard work you put in to oh, yeah, that you just knew like you what you wanted or were hoping for your final destination to yes. be. But you, we're still skipping over the Dr. Phil. I know. Piece. Yeah, like, yeah. How? Why? <laughs> yes. So you get to LA. Is that when? You, what's your first job when you get to LA? You finally have this ticket. In your yeah, mind, of ticket. like this support of like, I'm finally here and I'm doing this. So yeah. where, where where do you go to even so, look for work?
2: <laughs> so I get there. I, I have my apartment lined up before I get there. But then that fell to crap. And I had to find an apartment really quickly down the on the drive down there. I got my apartment, got settled in. And my friend, John Manuel, who works in the company, he works out of L.A. Uh, but I would met him up in San Francisco years before. And he moved to L.A. And he was like, hey, if you ever come to L.A. or ever need anything, let me know kind of thing. And we were still friends. We talked every once in a while. And then as I was going to LA, I hit him up. I was like, hey man, I'm actually coming to LA and I'm leaving my gig in San Francisco. And, and he was like, oh wow. He's like, uh, give me a moment. I was like, all right. And then so he went and talked to his wife who works for Dr. Phil. She's like the head of their business division, HR for Dr. Phil and had been there since I think season one. And he's like, let me talk to my wife. I'll be right back. And I was like, all right. So he calls me the next day. He's like, Hey, if you really want to pursue this thing in LA, he goes, I support you. I got you. And when you move here, he goes, I got you a job. He goes, you got to interview for interview for it, obviously. But you know, I got you a gig to work with Dr. Phil. And I was like, what? I was like, Dr. Phil. He's like, yeah, I'm like Dr. Phil. He's like, yeah, dude. He goes, it's, he goes, it's the really, really bottom of the wrong position, but it'll get you in. And he goes with your mindset and how you work and and your skill set, you'll be able to move up really fast. You'll, you'll be high up within TV within a couple of years. Just come here and, and do it and I promise you. I was like, all right, cool. So then I'm, that was like the, my wife telling me with my girlfriend at the time, my wife telling me, let's do it. And then I have John saying, I got a gig for you when you get here. I was like, okay. I got two things saying, okay, I need to do it. So I moved to LA, I get there, interview, got the job obviously, and it's bottom of the rung. Like I'm literally like the runner of the show like doing all the crap, like picking up,
0: explain to people what that would be.
2: Yeah. So I'm like doing all the things that not most people want to do, like going to pick up the guests. There'd be many different times where I'd have to wake up at like five in the morning and drive out to Rancho Cucamonga to pick up some crazy ass person. Like the guests you see on the show, those crazy people, I'd have to go pick those people up. So
0: it's not like you were picking up famous guests that Dr. Phil was having on. It was like the people he was giving therapy to (laughs) in front of millions of people on TV.
2: (laughs) Picking them up in a vehicle and they're like sitting next to me or behind me. Like the Catch Me Outside girl, like those kind of people, we would pick those people up from the Did airport. Did she
0: originate from Doctor uh, Phil? Doctor Phil, yeah. The ca- Catch Me Outside.
2: Yeah, a month later, for so I had that I was working there, and a month later she was a guest on the show. So I just missed her, that Bad Baby or whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we pick up the guests from the either airport or a lot of them lived like deep out in SoCal, like Rancho Cucamonga, is like two hours, three hour drive. Like I had to pick up one guest one time at you know five in the morning, picked them up, and then got stuck in LA traffic. We were in the car for four hours together. And it was some weird girl that was just there for some mental family issues. And it was a really weird four-hour drive. Oh, in. No. <laughs> but you no. Know, but those kind of things, like picking up that, uh, go first. Go to Dr. Phil's house. He needs this. So, yeah, just driving up there was so cool and just so fascinating for me. And it was just an experience. And I remember and I was pulling up there, and I pull into his house. Here I am pulling up my little Honda Civic. And I'm pulling up into Doctor Phil's thing, and you push the button, and they bring you in, and and it's massive. And he's got probably the biggest house on the top of the hill on the in the Hollywood Hills, and it is just gorgeous. And it's got those, you know, it's got the view of all of L.A., downtown L.A., and the mountains and everything. And I think it is the biggest house on the hill. Um, I don't know if it still is, but at one point in time, it was the most expensive and biggest home. And that side of the hills, and I pull up and'm i like, "Wow, this house is massive!" And I realize it's the guest house.
1: <laughs>
2: I, was like, I was like, "Oh my God, who lives in the guest house?" Which I found out I think was his cleaner, and somebody else lived in the guest house at the time at least. I was like, "Wow, this is his guest house and then you pull around the corner and you see his house. you're like, "Oh my God." <laughs>
0: Let me tell you about this 100% Mongolian cashmere sweater that I got for $50. I ordered it in navy, the crew neck style, and it is perfect. I wore it with jeans and heels to work and then later in the day threw on sneakers and it was a simple outfit that got so many compliments and something like this exists thanks to Quince. I already have the ivory color in my cart for my next order, which, by the way, I never thought I would own anything cashmere before, but since all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, it's doable now. They also have organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, timeless 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more that you need to check out for yourself. And here's how they do it. They partner directly with top factories. Quince cuts out the middleman and passes the savings on to us So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Amy to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Amy.
1: Hi, we're brought to you today by IKEA. No matter if you live in a three-bedroom house or a tiny apartment, we all have mess in one form or another, and it takes over if you let it. Overcoming mess can feel like an impossible task. Who has time and money for that? But the good news is Ikea has easy and affordable solves for any kind of clutter. Got that chair that seems to collect all your clothes? There's a wardrobe organizer for that. Got a monstrous mess under your bed? No problem. That's what under bed storage is for. How about that one drawer that seems to have everything and nothing in it at the same time? Nothing one of their many versatile drawer organizers can't solve. IKEA makes storage solutions that are within reach. Solutions that work for spaces of every size and shape. And for any budget. So you can confidently face mess head on and start enjoying every last inch of your home. Visit IKEA to explore more affordable storage today. You can't afford mess. So IKEA makes storage affordable.
0: All right, I can't say enough good things about Tacovas. It's my favorite boot brand, not just boots. They have everything Western that you need, and it's rodeo season, so if you're looking to put together a good outfit or you're just embracing, like, your cowgirl, cowboy vibes, again, Tacovas is where it's at. They bring a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. I mean, they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you would find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. I can speak to all three. Their boots are super comfortable. I can wear them to events and my feet feel fine. I get a lot of compliments. They're super cute and I feel cute. And then the customer service is out of this world. They also have trucker hats, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it into a store, Tecova's delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western boots right to your door. Visit tecova's.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tecova's has said, they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free, into any minimum purchase of $100 onto Tacovas.com. Just use code BONES at checkout. That's B-O-N-E-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code BONES at checkout and you're going to get a free trucker hat. I was reading this whole article the other day about vitamin D and why it's so important, especially for women. Maybe I was really into it because I'm turning 43 next month, but it talked about how... Vitamin D is very important to the absorption of calcium in our bodies, and it maximizes our bone health, and it helps with our muscle health, our immune system. And 97% of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet. So I was instantly thankful that I take rituals essential for women 18 plus every single day because the clinical study was done, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43%. Now, there's nine key nutrients in the Ritual vitamins that I take every day. I take two delayed release capsules, and what that does is it optimizes our body's absorption. I take it in the morning. They're gentle on an empty stomach, so you don't have to worry about that. And there's this special minty essence in every bottle that just, it smells good. They taste good. They're fun to take. And Ritual's essential for women. They are USP verified, so you know that you can trust what you're putting in your body. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash four things. Start ritual or add essential for women 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 20% off. I mean, I know he sells books and he has a TV show, but he got yeah. popular because of Oprah, right?
2: Oprah was the one that kind of, I guess, discovered him, and then, and then I, I think he was a reoccurring guest on her show, and then she's like, "Wow, this guy's so great. Let me," because she has a production company, Harpo. Let me, you know, do a, a show with this guy and see how it does, and then he obviously has been killing it. Like, I think what twenty-something seasons later, he's yeah. still doing it. So he has TV money and he's got old TV money, like the 90s, 2000 TV money when they were throwing, they were just throwing money Yeah, there's that old
0: radio TV money where it's like, we kind of missed that.
2: (laughs) We missed that boat where they're like paying you a million dollars a year to be in one market. You're like, (laughs) wow. One
0: market. Yeah. That's crazy.
2: So yeah, his house was unbelievable. And for me, I didn't get too much uh, past the front door foyer area. I don't know what he calls it, but it was just kind of like ringing the doorbell. And then his cleaner came and I gave her the the check and the envelope, whatever it was that it was inside yeah. there that I couldn't look inside and gave it, gave it to her. And she said, thank you. And I drove off. And that was my one experience of being in his house. But it was just one of those things where you're up there and it's like not saying I want to manifest living that same lifestyle, but just a lifestyle where you don't have to worry or you don't have to think about where's my next anything going to come from. You can just live life without having to worry uh, that I guess financial freedom would be nice.
0: Yeah. I saw a list of like the top things that we don't get enough of. And of course it was like sleep, (laughs) like we're not getting enough sleep, like sunshine. Some people put on there, they don't have enough vacation days. Like they need time off or exercise. Like there's no time for that, but money was on the list um, specifically that you don't think you're paid what you're worth. You know, I saw a list of the top things that we don't get enough of. Uh-huh. And money made that list.
2: Oh, of course, yeah. So, <laughs> I know
0: it, it for yeah, for some it would definitely yeah, the ease of just not having to worry about certain things. But then you know the people that come into money really quickly, like the lottery people. Yeah, ones that win really Bobby fast, said yeah. something on the big show uh-huh. the other day about I don't know. Seventy percent of people that win the lottery like lose it all.
2: Yes, and
0: yeah. then there's that show. I don't even know if it still airs, but like Lottery Ruined, ruined My, my life. life. I've seen those. And then there's that yeah. song, "More Money, More Problems." More money,
2: more problems. <laughs> I guess it's mo, mo money, mo problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But I actually think in that article though that I read, the money wasn't referring to like that they don't get enough of it because they need it to help them out. It was just they're not getting paid what they actually think that they deserve yeah have you ever had to have that conversation with bosses of like getting a raise
2: oh yeah yeah that was some of the not necessarily the root but sometimes that would break my back of like okay time to go because I've plateaued I can't go any further and they can't offer me more more money I have to go out and get it myself and a lot of times in this industry it means you have to move on to something to the next thing because otherwise you can get stuck in that routine and with that show or with whatever project you're working on so for me, I've had to, unfortunately, almost three times I've had to quit to get a raise or to get the next position I wanted within this company. I left Orlando because I was with my ex-wife. She was moving to San Francisco, but we had the conversation of like, I've been at this cluster in Orlando for several years and I'm still not full-time. They keep dangling the carrot.
0: cluster too though, Yeah, radio oh, sorry. cluster. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, a bunch
2: of different radio stations within, yeah, yeah with like the Orlando market. Uh, it was a great job. It was fun. It was what I wanted in Orlando. And I got to a point where there's no more, there's nowhere else to go. I couldn't take any other positions cause none of it was available and no one wanted to, to make the move and I, I wasn't getting the money I wanted. So I was like, all right, well I got to just go somewhere else and try it out. And I, that, that was the advice I got from day one was if you don't get what you want and you've tried all you can try, you've learned everything you can learn, then just go to the next thing. And if you're good at what you do, it'll always be there for you. And I moved to San Francisco and I got a job there. And then I just can't, constantly kept climbing and moving. And I got to San Francisco. And when after about five years, there wasn't the next thing that I I wanted and needed. But it wasn't available there. I wanted L.A. Uh, and the pay wasn't what I wanted. So I was like, all right, I'm out. I appreciate everything. I had a great conversation with the bosses. It wasn't like, I'm out. Peace. Like, I had to sit down. And we, you didn't
0: we sh- like Inetta the Mood Seta?
2: Do you know no, that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. F- whatever she says, yeah. <laughs>
0: She's like, I'm out this beat. Or something like, quit this beat. Yeah, I quit like, this beat. Yeah, yeah, so and on the radio, like per FCC regulations, yeah. we're not allowed to speak that way. Plus, she just straight up went off air and, like, didn't continue playing any of the stuff. <laughs> or, like, continue playing maybe just, like, one song or yeah. something. And then
2: just, yeah, go haywire go wire so, with it. Yeah, so, you no, know, I had, like, a, 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 a great constructive conversation because also I'm the kind of person that if I'm going to leave something, um, which had happened three different times, I don't want to burn the bridge because, you know, what if there's an opportunity to come back to the same company and I don't want to leave... On a bad note, because I shouldn't also because I had a great time while I was there. They helped build my career. I learned a lot of great things. There's no reason to crap on your previous employer.
0: I know, but even if, like, I feel like it's just wise to still, even if there is validity to being angry. Like, if you're walking away from something, you should do it with as much respect for yourself as possible i mean yeah. you try to go out with like a bang we get all these funny stories that we share of people just leaving in these really dramatic ways so they can post about it on tiktok and yeah, i'm like not worth why it. are you ruining your chances Cause one day that manager or whomever that maybe was part of the problem yeah they might be gone but then that company might not pay attention to you because of the way you handled it when you yeah.
2: left and they got and they got that marketing next to you like oh this is not a good rehire because of xyz right and plus, it's just, it's just better for you as a person to have the conversation. But for me, when I had the conversation with them, I was always like, I would lay out why I'm leaving. And a lot of times they try to say, well, we can offer you this, to try to keep you. And sometimes it was enticing and sometimes it wasn't enough or wasn't, whatever they could offer wasn't what I wanted because I wanted something in particular. Like, for instance, when I left SF, I wanted to be in LA and you can't offer that in San Francisco. It doesn't, you're not Los Angeles. So that was one thing that, that was like, no matter what they say, I gotta go into this knowing I want to be in LA. And no matter what they offer me, whether it be more money or whatever, don't let that cloud my judgment. I know what I want and they can't give it to me. So I got to go. But then i also lay out what were some of the things that um, that didn't work well in this position. So whoever takes my role next, maybe look at these things to make it better for them, but also better for you working with them. Mm-hmm. So I kind of give them constructive feedback as to what went wrong within this position, but, but in a nice way, because it is helpful for them as a, as a boss and an employer to implement some of those things to make it better for the person that comes after me. So they're not in the position where, where I was or the way I felt about certain things that happened at that previous job.
0: Right. Well, and then, so how did you end up on Ryan's show?
2: So then I was working for Dr. Phil and I was climbing that ladder and I was in the interview process for the next position, which was an, an associate producer for Dr. Phil. And their main role was to get guests. And it was to find those guests, the ones that I was picking up in the van. Um, I then had to then find those guests, whether it be through stories in the news, because he wanted to talk to things that were you know big topical stories and mentor those people. So people in the news, people you that would you know write into Doctor Phil, or when it has that number that pops up, the phone number, basically mining through wherever you can get it to get guests for the show. And I was like, oh, that'd be kind of fun. You know, I, working in radio, we have to get guests. I have to find guests in creative ways. Some are easy, some are hard. I'm like, this is great. I could easily do this. So I started. Uh, I applied for it, and then she kind of the person in charge gave me some tasks to try out just to see if I was good at it. And I was doing pretty well at it. And then she's like, all right. And they're about to offer me the position of APD associate producer for Dr. Phil. And then I got a phone call that very same day from a guy named Dennis who is like a consultant within the company.
0: Shout out Dennis Clark. Dennis
2: Clark, what up Dennis? You're probably not listening, but if you are, what is up?
0: traveling somewhere in the world right now, not listening to this, (laughs) but we love Dennis.
2: (laughs) Yes, so Dennis was somebody that I met previously in San Francisco, because he's working with our morning show there, consulting, trying to help us to get into syndication and become a bigger show. And so I had met him there, and when I left San Francisco, he found out that I left, and he was like, hey, you left SF for LA? And I was like, yeah, man. He goes, all right. Uh, and then I didn't hear from him. And then when he, he called me, it was like a month or so later, he called me, he was like, Hey, you, are you in LA? And I was like, yeah, I'm here right now. He goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm working for Dr. Phil. He's like, Oh, okay. All right. Well, I have an opportunity for you. And I was like, well, what's that? And he goes, um, he goes, just sit tight. He goes, but would you want to get back into radio? And I was like, it have to be something really awesome to get me back into radio because I moved here to stay on this television path. Uh, and I want to pursue this. I, w- I really want to work behind the scenes in television and and I was working on the Paramount lot, so sorry to sidebar, but driving on the Paramount lot, going back to manifesting and thinking about being that little kid, and now, now here I am driving on the Paramount Studios lot with my Honda Civic, and I am driving and seeing downtown New York, and I'm seeing Boston, and I'm seeing all the sound stages, and I'm seeing props from Transformers and all these cool things, I'm like holy crap, like my life is this right now, this is so cool. I was a nobody on the lot, but I was able. I had access to the Paramount Studios lot, which was so cool to me. So I was like, whatever you're gonna, whatever you're gonna offer me, it's gotta be, it's gotta be amazing. Cause this life I'm living right now is exactly what I wanted, and it's, and it's, and and the people I'm seeing and the things that I'm experiencing and and being a part of these, my dreams are coming true. So whatever it is, man, you gotta blow me out of the water. He's like, all right. He goes, let me get. He goes, all right, give me a second. Huh? Let me call you back. <laughs> so then <laughs> he calls me back and he goes, uh, Ryan Seacrest. And I was like, okay. Uh, you got my attention. What's up? <laughs> He's like, so there's somebody moving on from the show and it's a supervising producer role and there is chance for growth. Um, he goes, and so I don't know if you want to get back in the radio, but you'd be working with Ryan and it'd, it'd be on his national show. And I was like, Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. I definitely love to, this is one of the ones that I, I would entertain the offer. I'm like this I'll check out. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I go to the entertain the offer, check it out. I go to the East studios, which is where they're located off of uh, Wilshire or Wilshire at the time. Do the interview, meet with. I the know guy. Wilshire
0: Boulevard from yeah. Pretty Woman.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Wilshire's a really long. <laughs> <laughs> Wilshire's a really long boulevard, and one side of it there's shopping and stuff. Yeah, because it's near um, Rodeo Drive.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then there's that, and then it has a bunch of different uh, pockets for Wilshire. But one pocket is like an entertainment pocket. So I go to the studio interview with a guy who's who's leaving, and um, it goes well. And then he's like, "I right, want you to meet another person named Claudine. She runs the thing. Meet her. It goes well." And I'm like, all right, this is pretty cool. This seems like a great opportunity. And then, then they show me the money. I'm like, oh wow, this is way more money than I'm, more money than I've ever made and more money than I'm making at Dr. Phil. And my wife at the time was living in San Francisco. She wasn't coming down until I had a secure gig. And that would have either been through Dr. Phil or whatever I figure out. And it had already been about a month and a half of not being with her and I'd missed her. And I was like, all right, well, this Ryan job is gonna pay enough to where I know if I told her this number, she would quit her job and move down here. So I was like, let me go at the Ryan gig and, and see how this goes, because this Dr. Phil thing could take a long time. Um, and so I I took the path. I took I went back to radio, which for me wasn't a loss, but when I did it, it was one of those things where I was like, I said yes, but I was like, yes. You know, you ever like agree to something, but you're you're good with it. It's not a bad thing to agree upon, but you're like, but what if on the other side, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. I think we do that often with big decisions and even some Smaller ones. Paper
2: or plastic? Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> what if I would have gone paper? Would the bag have been better for the environment? Where would this have gone? I chose plastic. Dang
0: it. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then Ryan led you, the opportunity led you to here, which we got into that a yeah. little bit. So what would you say to someone that is in the process of chasing their dreams or thinking about it? Because you knew early on, you're one of those rare people that knew early on at least the field you wanted to be in and you're actually living it out. Yeah. Because, of course, as a kid, you can think a lot of things. I put you, Bobby, and even my husband in that category because Bobby knew he wanted to do radio at age five. Yeah. My husband knew at five he wanted to be a pilot in the Air Force, and he was going to go to the Air Force Academy. He was going to be – He did all those things. Yeah, he did all those things. And so I didn't have that as Uh a kid. I just – I didn't know what I wanted to do. I think I wanted to be a vet because my – uncle was. And I loved animals. So I thought, well, that's kind of a thing. That's the only thing I can remember thinking yeah. as a kid that I wanted to do, except for actually in high school, I was a big fan of Judy Maggio, which is a, she was a news anchor in Austin okay. on one of the big stations there. And I used to sell granite and tile and she came into this the store where I was. I did wholesale. She couldn't buy for me, but she was just looking at a sample. And she walked in and I, she wanted to take home a sample. And I (laughs) told her that she had to, sign out the sample. And I had her sign a completely different book so that I could have Judy's autograph.
2: <laughs> you tricked her into an autograph. You're like, sign here. and It's a cut out. And,
0: and she was in news. And I remember uh-huh. watching her on the news and seeing the billboards and thinking that would be really cool. But I didn't have any aspirations for journalism or anything like that. And I knew yeah. that that was a key component to being a, a lead news anchor like that. So I never really pursued that route at all. Kind of just went to college thinking... Coincidentally, I went to a school that specializes in veterinary medicine, Texas Uh (laughs) (laughs) A&M, but still didn't follow that route of being that vet, like what I thought about as a kid. So anyway, I do think it's rare that you know as a kid and then you actually live that out. So whatever age someone is listening right now and whatever age they developed that dream, whether it's 5, 15, 35, 50, like what advice do you have for someone that is trying to chase that dream?
1: Hi, we're brought to you today by IKEA. No matter if you live in a three-bedroom house or a tiny apartment, we all have mess in one form or another, and it takes over if you let it. Overcoming mess can feel like an impossible task. Who has time and money for that? But the good news is Ikea has easy and affordable solves for any kind of clutter. Got that chair that seems to collect all your clothes? There's a wardrobe organizer for that. Got a monstrous mess under your bed? No problem. That's what under bed storage is for. How about that one drawer that seems to have everything and nothing in it at the same time? Nothing one of their many versatile drawer organizers can't solve. IKEA makes storage solutions that are within reach. Solutions that work for spaces of every size and shape. And for any budget. So you can confidently face mess head on and start enjoying every last inch of your home. Visit IKEA to explore more affordable storage today. You can't afford mess. So IKEA makes storage affordable.
0: All right, I can't say enough good things about Tacovas. It's my favorite boot brand. Not just boots. They have everything Western that you need. And it's rodeo season. So if you're looking to put together a good outfit or you're just embracing like your cowgirl cowboy vibes, again, Tacovas is where it's at. They bring a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. I mean, they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you would find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. I can speak to all three. Their boots are super comfortable. I can wear them to events and my feet feel fine. I get a lot of compliments. They're super cute and I feel cute. And then the customer service is out of this world. They also have trucker hats, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it into a store, Tecova's delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western boots right to your door. Visit Tecova's.com. That's dot com, and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tecova's has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of hundred dollars onto covis.com just use code bones at checkout that's b-o-n-e-s it's about a 30 dollar value and they sell fast so there are always new styles and looks again for a limited time just enter code bones at checkout and you're going to get a free trucker hat all right look hiring is hard well good news express employment professionals makes hiring easy Forget about posting jobs, sifting through resumes, being ghosted, and interviewing unqualified applicants. Visit expresspros.com to let the pros help you. Express is your full service workforce solution, connecting you with top talent fast. Every day, Express recruits and screens workers in your area so that when it's time to hire, they have the talent you need ready to work. With more than 40 years in the staffing business, Express helps thousands of companies find great team players each year. And they can help you too. Just go to ExpressPros.com. Each Express employment professional's location is locally owned and operated, backed by the support and stability of an international headquarters. And with more than 860 franchise locations, there's sure to be an Express office near you. So make hiring easy and go to ExpressPros.com to find the location near you.
2: So my advice for chasing a dream is and I can't remember when I saw it and this kind of helped me along the way was was I saw this thing of Steve Harvey. And I think it was on YouTube or somewhere online. Like remember, like back in the I say back in the day, but like like two thousand eight, nine. Some people would email you YouTube videos. Like, hey, watch this. Hey, watch this. Yeah. Or hey, what? It was like a way to communicate and start a conversation or just to catch up with friends. Is they would send you YouTube videos, and that's how YouTube videos became viral. Was that people would email them back and forth, or like on group chains and email chains. I remember getting one from somebody and it was usually like the person who was always like the positive person, like here's a positive message to get you through your day kind of thing. And I was usually like, "Ah, I don't feel like it today. But one day I remember clicking on it and I watched it and it was Steve Harvey. And I think someone had recorded him doing something somewhere, either like a, a motivational speech or it was on set somewhere. And he was talking to the audience during in between sets and he was talking to the crowd. and He was telling them about about chasing your dreams. And I remember him saying, and it always stuck with me, it was a really long, like two minute thing, but basically the message was, is you gotta jump. He goes, the only way I could tell you that I'm here right now and anyone successful is where they are right now is because they jumped. He goes, he goes, it's the hardest thing to do. He goes, think about yourself on the edge of an airplane, even if you've never skydived before, but imagine being on the end of the airplane and you're like, oh my God, and the plane's on fire And the only way out is a jump, but and you know you got to jump because it's what you want and what you have to do to survive and to get to the next step in your life, which would be to live. He goes, you got to jump. He goes, and if and if you don't jump, you're you're basically gonna die. And and the way to die in this analogy was you get stuck in a rut and you're not happy. You didn't chase your dreams. You didn't chase anything that you wanted to pursue in life. You just talked about it or lived it through other people or saw others succeed, and then you would get, you know, eventually get, you know, angry and you get. Become a crotchety person because you see everyone else succeeding and you're not succeeding because you didn't jump. So, whenever you're wanting something or whenever you want to go after something, he goes, You got to jump. He goes, Just make the leap, make the leap of faith and jump. And he goes, I'll be honest with you. He goes, When you jump, it's going to hurt like hell. Is you're going to hit, you're going to, as you're falling down, you may hit some things, you may get some scrapes and some bumps and it's really going to hurt and it's going to suck along the way. He goes, but well, once you land safely, it's going to be totally worth it because you jumped and you can look back up and see that you, all your accomplishments that got you to where you are right now. Cause you took that chance. And I was like, wow. And I was sitting there in, in the job that I was in. I was like, I hate this job. And I was like, I got to jump. <laughs> and so I did, I jumped. I was like, I'm out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after what I want to go after. And so
0: thank goodness for that. Friend, the positive friends sending yes. out that YouTube video. Steve Harvey video, yeah. too, there's that a there's story about manifestation since we were talking about that. He had a teacher that told him, I'm going to now paraphrase the story. I've it's told it on the story, podcast right? before, but it was a, a couple of years ago. And just for, for sake of time, we'll just paraphrase quickly. Yeah. Like a teacher said, had an activity of what do you want to be when you grow up? And he's like, I want to be on TV. And she's like, no, you need to pick something for real. And I guess uh-huh. like told his parents, he ended up getting in trouble by one of his parents when he got home. I think maybe his mom, because he didn't do the the assignment right. Yeah. He's like, but I did. I want to be on TV. Yeah, and then his assignment. dad kind of stepped in and was in his room and was like, hey, no, if you want to be on TV, you write it down and you look at this every day and you can be on TV. Yeah. And so he did. He wrote in his room. He looked at it. So that was that he saw it. Every day. And then I think eventually, once he did become famous, he sent that teacher a new TV for Christmas (laughs) every year until she died.
2: They're like, so you can watch me on the biggest, best TV to see me on TV. Yeah,
0: and so, and it is interesting how, I mean, thankfully, he had someone speak into him to remind him, no, you can do this. Because there's so many things, even in my own head from my childhood that were said to me that I began to believe. And then that becomes... The path for you, because you know, if you're led to believe something about yourself, like oh, that's a out of the park dream, like it's impossible, I can't have it,
2: because someone you look up to or someone you know told told you, you, and you're like,
0: don't. Why would you put that? That's not a proper answer. Yeah. But to him, it was, and she kind of shot him down. That could have been his only exposure to that. But thankfully, again, he had someone step in. Like I'm pretty sure it was his dad and say, no, you can do this. But I think of things that limited me. I guess that's what I mean is like words matter, especially to children. You never know what trajectory you're putting them on if they feel limited in any way or even our own self-talk, like self-doubt. And I've had or to cut that out is
2: super strong. Yeah. yeah. That
0: I'm even going into something that I'm nervous about. I just have to like internally pump myself up, Like you can do this. You're awesome.
2: Yeah. <laughs> even though I'm like,
0: no, you're not. And then I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. Stop it. <laughs> so then it becomes this, this battle instead of me being like, I'm not awesome. I'm the not devil awesome. The and angel I'm like, on your yes, shoulders. you are. No, you're not. But at least I'm trying. Yeah. At least I'm trying to counter out the negative and being like, you got this. You're the best. Like you can do this. But I do think there is something of like pumping yourself up in that way and even in those little moments where if you mess up, like we mess up on the show or do different yeah. things or say something that you wish you could take back and you can't. And sometimes my response to myself is, oh, you're so stupid. Why are you so stupid?
2: But yeah. like if but I do my son, yeah. I mean, if
0: my son does something and I hear him be like, oh, I'm so stupid. I'm like, no. Yeah. And I want him to stop that so much. And I have to take my own advice because I don't even in those moments that I mess up, I don't want to refer to myself, even though I don't really mean it. Of
2: course, but you still don't want to doing say to that
0: them. is not healthy. So, and I know that I'm not the only one out there that does it, but it's a hard pattern to break.
2: It is. We get stuck in our heads, and I think the where it really hits us is when our in our school age. Like I remember, like me as a as a kid, and from K through 12, is a totally different person from me as my 20s, 30s, and becoming an adult. Because as a kid, it's it's what like you said, your parents, the all the th- things in school, teachers your peers, you get stuck in your head of things you think you can't do because, because of things they've told you. But one thing i I told my nephew one time I was, I think he was like, he's about to go into high school and I was like, dude, I was like, remember this. I was like, none of this means crap. I was like, he goes, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm like, well, you want to be nice, be a kind person, be a good person um, and treat others with respect. I was like, but outside of that, none of this matters. This is just high school. I was like, don't live in your head. Don't be stuck in your head. Don't care what anyone else thinks. Um, I was like, just be you, do you, because these are four years that are never going to matter ever again, except for just these four years. And I him that advice because for me in those four years, I was so stuck in my fricking head. I felt like I can't do anything I couldn't do anything right. I was very athletic. Like, and when I would play with my friends, I was really good at basketball, really good at football, but I couldn't gain the courage to go to, go to the tryouts. Cause I felt like I was going to fail because my dad would always call me or say things to me about being a failure or being a loser or whatever. So I I would project that into my everyday life and go, I can't go to trials because I'm a loser and not going to make it. Mm. And then come to find out that pretty much everyone could go on the freshman team. It was a walk on. I could have been a part of the freshman team and then I could have gained my confidence and I could have gone on to junior varsity and varsity and probably would have been a really good athlete and had fun doing it. But I got stuck in my head because of outside people. So my advice to him and anyone is really just shut everyone out. And I guess combining your advice of, pepping yourself up, not, not listening to others and then pepping yourself up to know that whatever it is you want to do, you can do it. The yeah. only one stopping you is really you. Well, and, and I'm sorry thinking.
0: that one of those voices in your head, like the, an actual yeah. voice, actually not in your head, but it was your, your dad yeah, being that voice, but then you hearing him in your head over and over. Yeah. I'm sorry that that was your experience. How has that molded you into the type of father you want to be for your kids. Oh, I used it
2: as an example to be the exact opposite. Right. Oh yeah, exact opposite. I'm way more connected with my kids as far as spiritually and, and and making sure that they're happy and giving them the tools that they want or need to pursue and try and let them explore and figure out who they want to be. I know the one's only one and three. It's they're not that old yet where they're at the point like your kids where they're making real decisions and choices and um but trying to instill it in them now to like like supporting them. Like whenever they do anything, I make a big deal of it and, and make them feel like, oh, that was awesome. That was so cool, dude. That was really cool. Or when he tries to figure something out, even though he made a huge mess, I, I realized what he was doing. He was trying to explore and figure out what these things did and why he took something apart was because maybe he wants to become an engineer. And I don't want to halt that from him because I was like, oh, you took apart your train. Now it's all in shambles and blah, blah, blah. But, but for him, it was fun because he got to take it apart and he got to figure out how it worked and what this did and what that did. And most parents would be like, you're you're an idiot. Clean that up. Most you're making
3: parents?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like our parents growing up would be like, you're making a huge mess. Well, what the hell are you doing here? Clean this crap up. Yeah. But like me, I'm just like, it's a huge mess. And yeah, I was like, oh, my God, now I got to clean this up and put it back together. But I was like, no, he's actually having fun picking this apart. And I see him like looking at the gears and, and ripping apart this train that, <laughs> that should be ripped apart. But I see him exploring and trying to figure out how it works. And so I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to yell at him and get mad at him because what if he's really fascinated with that? And what if that? What if I squash his dreams of whatever that turns into? I don't know. That could become an engineer. He could become somebody who manufacture. I don't know. I just yeah. I don't no. want to turn anything down and make him feel like you know I'm trying to figure out the right wording for it. But no, I, just I mean give him curiosity the is Killing curiosity. Yeah,
0: everything, especially for a child. Even as adults, we need to remain curious. But it's so important for kids to have that curiosity. Yeah, it's everything. And if it gets, yeah, if it gets squashed,
2: like curiosity for me was killed constantly. Mm-hmm. And so I basically that's so, so I want to make sure my kids have the ability to be curious and to be kids and to have a life for me. My, my childhood was cut short because my parents got a divorce when I was 10. I was the oldest of four. So I had to become more of an adult at the age of 10, like from trying to find work. I, I worked. Um, I got paid in trade and sold it on eBay. It's a super long story. But I worked, I helped, I helped uh, watch the kids. I helped watch my baby sister. I was like a, not a dad, but like a a bigger, older brother at the age of 10. So I never really got to have the childhood that most kids have. So I was like, okay, so for my kid, I want to make sure they have no burdens. I want to make sure they can be kids. I want to make sure that they can just enjoy life carefree, which I didn't get to have. So I think that's the biggest thing is carefree and stability. Because those are two things I didn't have was, uh, were those. Yeah. So yeah. Well,
0: (laughs) I can tell all the time that you're a great dad, and you're a great executive producer as well. Thank you. I appreciate Steve. It. Yeah. Thank we're happy you. to have you a part of this family, for sure. And before we go, I'd love to hear things that you're thankful for. Big on gratitude here. Okay. So I have guests share four things that they're thankful for, and sometimes we get specific, sometimes not. But with you, I want to know specifically a book that you're thankful for, a TV show, an Instagram follow, and a drink.
2: Okay. Uh, so we'll start with a book. And for me, I have kids, so I don't really read too many books for myself. But I read books to them every single night. And we subscribe to this monthly thing. It's Dolly Parton's.
0: The Imagination Library. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically,
2: once a month, he uh, mails you a book. You get it. You read it to the kids. It's great. So the one that I read, uh, read to him frequently, is called Just Like My Brother. And it's a great book about a little sister, which he has a little sister now, and just what she goes through and how she compares herself to her older brother. So, that's uh, a great book. I love it.
0: And I think also, too, that's an awesome thing for parents listening or aunts or uncles if they want to sign their kids or nieces or nephews up with the Imagination Library.
2: Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's like an Oprah's book club for kids, pretty much.
0: Yeah. It's I really, love that. really cool. Okay. What about a TV show?
2: TV show. Uh, I have an adult and a kid. The kid is Bluey. Bluey is an animated show on Disney. You can watch it on Disney. And it's one of those shows that's good for kids, but also for adults. I think I've cried like three or four times watching it just because of how the message is and, and the payoff in the end is, is awesome. And I love the Australian accents. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've not seen that one yet. What's the adult one?
2: The adult one is called The Righteous Gemstones. It's on HBO and it's got John Goodman, HBO Max, HBO Max. Yeah, you can get it on HBO Max. Um, season one came out I think, in 2018 and I hadn't had a chance to watch it. So I started watching it recently. John Goodman, Danny McBride, who creates a lot of HBO shows like Eastbound and Down uh, and Adam Devine. It's a, it's a comedy about a televangelist TV church and their family and all the corruption that's going on with them. And I think season two is coming out this year.
0: Oh, since you mentioned HBO Max yeah. and also Corruption televangelism type stuff. Um, Tammy Faye Baker movie is also on HBO Max. So just throw that out there as a recommendation for people to watch. It's pretty fascinating. She was married. Her and her husband, Jim Baker, they were televangelists back in the day.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember they have the commercials. I think they're trying to like hawk CDs out.
0: Oh, yeah. Maybe Maybe, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What about an Instagram follow?
2: An Instagram follow would be this guy named Caleb Presley. He's part of that Barstool Sports group. And he does these interviews And they are hilarious. He'll interview like celebrities and actors and comedians and stuff. And he interviews them in like a sit down, like I gotcha kind of interview. It's obviously a joke, it's not real. But he'll sit down with like, for example, uh, Bert Kreischer, who's a comedian. And he'll interview him in a way where it's like an I gotcha, like, so Bert, tell me about that one time where it's got dramatic music playing and everything. But it's just, it's comedic and it's hilarious. It's super funny, very random. And they're quick. They're like two, three minute long videos. And they're really, really funny. Caleb Presley, P-R-E-S-S-L-E-Y.
0: Oh, I love a good Instagram follow that offers humor. Yes, yeah. Because it's good to use social for, like, to help make you Good
2: things, yeah, for all the negativity, yeah. Um, what about a drink? And a drink, I love these aloe drinks. A-L-O. They're like, uh, they're drinks, like little, I get them at Costco. They come in, I think, a 24-pack. But it's basically an aloe vera drink. And inside there is these, like, little jelly pieces Kind of similar to a boba, but they're so refreshing. Like chunks
0: of aloe?
2: Of aloe, yeah. Like and- the aloe plant? yeah, in like a gel form, a oh. like gummy gel form. and I put them in the freezer for a little bit so they get a little hard and uh, it's it's really refreshing. it's freaking delicious. And so
0: it's A-L-O?
2: A-L-O, yeah, they okay. come like a watermelon honey and aloe flavor and all kinds of stuff, but it's really, really good.
0: I'll have to look for those because yeah. I'm trying to find ways to help hydrate my kids more. They don't ever want to drink water <laughs> or anything. And yeah. anytime I try to tell them your body needs water, they oh, yeah. always pull this on me. They're like, we're from Haiti. Mom, at the orphanage, we never had water. And I'm like, (laughs) you can't say never because I know that, like, they did have some, but they're not wrong. It's not like they had access to just water all the time, but they got used to not drinking it. So they didn't have that much just out of, like, they had once a well was put in and they had, like, the water bottles they could fill up. I mean, sometimes they would maybe run out, but they had to have water to survive. At some point. yes. I'm like, you, you had water. Yes. You just don't, but they can go. I'm impressed sometimes how long they go without having water. So I'm going to pick up aloe. Yes. It's like a new way to try to add some hydration, which I, when you first said ALO, I'm like, wait, I'm wearing ALO out. Alo, I think is how you say it yoga pants yes. it's a new <laughs> athleisure brand that I've really been liking but two totally different companies
2: yes yeah, so I thought you're like a big fan of the drink I'm like well I'm gonna have another fan next to me but nope, not at no no these
0: are just my pants <laughs> um okay well Steve thank you so much again and people can find you on Instagram your handle is at scuba Steve radio radio is yeah. it yeah, okay yeah
2: mm-hmm. I, I don't have at scuba Steve some guy got it and I got on Instagram like really, really far on like when it first came out because I was living in San Francisco where it was created and it was like 2009 and some guy already had Scuba Steve. I was like, it just came out. So Scuba Steve Radio is Gotcha. Handle.
0: Sorry, I forgot that part. It's okay. <laughs> I know. Amy Brown was taken. That's why I'm Radio Amy.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. It I feel you. Yeah, but yeah.
0: Scuba is Steve is not your real name. No, I mean, I'm really no. is. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that's your people have their radio given names and that is is yours just like Bobby Bones isn't his real name and Lunchbox Correct. is not his real name yeah but it's not no I'm just kind of I know Lunchbox is <laughs> his real name it makes me laugh a little when I ever I like his wife that's what she calls him yeah she, yeah everyone calls him Lunchbox except for his wife and when she says it like, huh I'm like oh that Who? just feels oh. weird but it is his name of course so she's never gonna a,
2: call my nickname it'd be it weird it doesn't
0: match him to me do you feel like that name matches his name
2: no it doesn't it doesn't, it match. doesn't match at all I, at all yeah
0: I know if you're listening right now and you listen to the big show, it's like Jason Gibble. He says that is his real name and it's not.
2: Yeah, it's not. But I mean, no. I'm not
0: gonna out his real name here, but I mean a quick Google search and you could find it. But he looks
2: it. more like a Jason than he does his real name. I know. Yeah.
0: So anyway, all right. Yes. Namaste.
2: Namaste. Thank you. <laughs>
0: awesome. And I'll I'll see you tomorrow. And uh, yeah, y'all follow Scuba Steve Radio on socials. And then you can also call him 877 <laughs> 77 Bobby and really he sits right next to phone screener, Abby. So if you just say, Hey, Abby, I want to talk to Scuba Steve. She can pass him the phone. (laughs) (laughs)
3: All
0: right. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. Well, today we're brought to you by the organization experts, Ikea. Ikea knows that we all have those areas in our homes consumed by mess, whether it be the chair that collects all your clothes or the monstrous pile under your bed. That's why Ikea makes affordable wardrobe organizers, under bed storage and other solutions that help you easily take back that chair and conquer the mess monster under your bed. Visit IKEA to explore more. You can't afford mess, so IKEA makes storage affordable. I've been telling you about Tacovas boots for a very long time. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style and service are some of the best features of Tacovas. But now they also have a gift for my listeners. Takovas will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use code BONES at checkout. That's B-O-N-E-S at Tacovas.com. And that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. Come and point your toes west.
1: Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own.